clubs, you know. I mean, we came out of the lower bracket two and two and looked really didn't look very good. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we started believing and the kids started getting confidence. I mean, I did that without uh, JT and four other starters. So, But it's awesome for those kids because you can build up. Hello and welcome back to the Trinity League Football Podcast. I am Dan Albano of the Orange County Register. And that was modern day football coach Bruce Rollinson talking after the recent battle at the beach passing tournament in early July. And I'm joined once again by our Trinity League insider, Scott Barajas, as we begin our third season together with our regular summer conversation. Scotty, welcome back to the podcast, and how's your summer going? Thank you to be back, Dan. Um, this summer's going well. We're just, uh, you know, hitting hitting the uh, circuit, um, you know, watching these uh, summer tournaments and lineman competitions and um, uh, following the guys and, and you know, and um, on our way to our, um, you know, the 2018, 2017 season. So. 2017. Well, you and I recently got to hang out at that Battle of the Beach passing tournament at Edison on July 7th, and we've got a lot of updates to start uh, previewing the, uh, the high school football season for the Trinity League teams. So why don't we get into it? There are four Trinity League teams at that, you know, prestigious and high-profile a seven-on-seven tournament. So let's start there, Scotty. What's your? Uh, why don't you give us a summary of that uh, that uh, excellent passing tournament that Modern Day emerged victorious with? Yeah, Dan. It, it uh, started out on the day for uh, for the Monarchs. Uh, they actually ended up going that two and two in pool play, and they barely made it out as they ended up getting that number eight seed. Um, but they also needed the tiebreaker with La Habra point differential to get in and um and in the you know modern day could have easily been undefeated in those games they lost to, to la habra on the last play of the game in pool play they lost to cathedral um in overtime on one play um so easily you know easily they could have been you know four and oh but you know it was a struggle you know as everyone maybe knows that you know jt was out and amon Ra was out um but they ended up two and two in pool play on the, on the day. The, the surprise of the day, though, out of that, out of the was Servite, who went four and zero in their pool play, and right. they ended up being the top seed in um, you know the the gold bracket. And eventually, you know, they lost to him modern day in the in that first round. Um, but Servite probably had you know their their receiving core was probably one of the top receiving cores on the day. Those guys didn't drop any balls, and they looked really really good. Um, and then, you know, of course, there was Bosco who went three and one in their pool, and they lost to Pericles, um, who who ended up losing to Modern Day in one of the other semifinals. And then the last team to round out was Jay Sarah, who I believe went three and one. I'm not I'm, I'm not exactly um, correct on that one, but I know they won their pool play, and um, they also advanced to the uh, gold uh, gold bracket. So that was pretty much the, the, the pretty much the, the day on and the pool play, you know. And as as the day went on, um, you know, Modern Day ended up, you know, beating Servite, beating Pericle, and then play faced Bosco to win that tournament. And you know, I don't know how many games or how much of a you saw, but Modern Day's defense stepped up and pretty much they won that tournament for them. Right. Um, you know, they had 
receivers were there, but the quarterback had they had Monterey they had two um, quarterbacks that that uh, stepped up for JT and um, Carter Freeland played most of the second half in that tournament, and he actually did well, did did good enough for them to win. Um, you know, they didn't by any means, you know. You know, modern day one, I think every game they played by, you know, less than seven points. But it was their defense that stepped up. Um, and they even, you know, they held Bosco to the to six points in that championship game being 7-6. So, you know, and when the you know buzzer sound, everyone was kind of in awe and shocked, you know, that, that, that they actually had done it. Because, you know, early in the day they were 2-2 two and, two and they looked like they were going to be, you know, going home. Um, and then, you know, they, they did it with some young kids again, you know, modern day secondary doesn't return um, any starters and earlier in the year you know the secondary was kind of suspect but they've grown up a whole lot um, you know they have two seniors and two sophomores that are probably going to play um, and uh, you know that was pretty much it on on, on the day on that of that that tournament that I, I, I could uh, allude to yeah I think for me a big uh, takeaway was that secondary and that defense because you know modern day was so short-handed, uh, you know, with obviously, uh, especially on offense. So I was really impressed with the defense. I, you know, and, and I think just the mentality of modern day, they seemed in good spirits. They really competed uh, really hard. And so did St. John Bosco. Um, but uh, to see to see how well they competed, being short-handed, uh, impressed me. And some of those young kids in the secondary um, heard some good things about uh, – the new modern day middle linebacker uh, Solomon. Maybe you can pronounce. Can you uh, can you pronounce the uh, transfer's last name from Claremont? Is Solomon's last name? I think it's Tua Ua Pupu. Yeah. Pretty much goes Summer. by Solo out there, right? Solo, um, right? Yeah, everybody knows him as Solo. Yeah. Even in seven on seven, um, he uh, he impressed me. Um, where linebackers aren't the the. Um, aren't the focal point, but he looks like a real dude out there. Um, he's a big guy. Um, he moves well, and co- defensive coordinator Eric Johnson of Modern Day said he was really impressed with his leadership, and uh, he seemed like a real positive um, hustle kind of guy that's going to rally the troops. Yeah, Solo is, um, you know, he's a captain, or he's, I shouldn't say captain, but he's, he, by nature, he is a leader, by nature, um, you know, according to talking to Greg Biggins, um, that's just his personality wherever he's been. And so, you know, he's come in and he's, like you said, for being a transfer, for being a newcomer, and he's come in and he's, you know, taken on that, that, that defense and um, helped a lot those young young players and they've rallied around him. And um, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, he able to do when they when they play in these, in these big games. So... But his his strength is obviously the pads. I mean, if we've seen his highlight film, I mean, he's in the backfield, you know, point, you know, one, two, he's in the backfield already. I mean, granted, they played the, the level of competition they played was a little bit less, but I mean, he could go sideline to sideline and he can be in that backfield as quick as as can be. And so um, he has great intensity and it's going to be, you know, interesting and fun to watch him actually play. So, Yeah, he made a highlight um he made a highlight interception in the Servite quarterfinal games, a real athletic play on a pass over the middle that he deflected up in the air and went and got. Um, looked like a pretty athletic play. I mean, he had to jump up, stab it, and then he had no problem um, racing down to get that 
that I mean that looked you know very um, basketball like player. I mean he had he moves real well, and that's why he's such a highly touted recruit. I would say. Yeah, he's he's rated. He's the twenty fifth, um, according to scout. He's like the twenty fifth overall. Um, he's the number one or two middle linebacker. So um, you know he's got his pick of the litter on where he wants to go, and, and he's probably going to wait to the very end um, signing day to pick where he's going to go to school. So you know, and then I want to throw some names at you real quick. Um, you know, from this Edison uh, passing tournament, the battle at the beach. You know, um, who impressed you out of these groups from the modern day Monarchs, that secondary, that young secondary that doesn't return any starters, cornerback um, Robbins, um, he had a key interception in, uh, Stefan Robbins had a key interception in the Paraclete semifinal, Um, he was a key player for them, Um, Green was another um, cornerback that played well. Um, Darion Green and the safeties were Ricky, uh, uh, Ricky, uh, excuse me, Elias Ricks and William uh, Nemo. Um, so all these guys, Robbins, Darian Green, Elias Ricks, William Nemo. You know, these are these are the guys that are taking the places of some really well-known players um, from last year's Modern Day team. Did any of these guys jump out at you? Yeah, and th- this is what's interesting from this year. Like I said, the the uh, safety Elias Ricks is a sophomore, and he'll be a, a, a Division One recruit when it's all said and done. He's already has a few offers um, on the table, but he's he's a physical and he's very rangy and he's done very well um, since he's been been um, playing in the summer. Rob Stefan Robbins is your I don't know what to say about this guy. Now it should be interesting to see how he plays because he was. The interesting thing about him um, is that he's brand new. He's new to, to to the you know to playing you know starting corner this year, but he's always around the ball, um, and you know he just happens to always like be even if he, with the ball was caught, he's on the guy. He's he's always around the ball, and that's what I've liked about him. And the one thing about him is that is that even when he if he does get beat, he doesn't he doesn't get mad. He doesn't get frustrated. He just you know, he's very workmanlike, gets up, you know, gets back to the huddle. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, I think they'll be okay with, with him. The other side of the corner, Deron Green is a sophomore who was playing the nickelback, and he's now has kind of worked his way into that corner spot. Um, they had another senior there that was playing, Deron Smith, and and they were kind of switching off. But I think as going into into the, you know, fall camp, I think that Deron's going to be the guy and. You know, does well, now we'll you know we'll see when the pads come on. You know who's going to emerge, but right now, as far as the you know passing league, Duran Green did, and then William Nemo. I you know he's another he's tall, rangy, six two kid, um, and you know he just is you know he was just getting things done done too. Um, so they've they've grown up a whole lot. You know, there's still a long ways to go, but um, all of them have have done you know you know very well. So. You know, at St. John Bosco, another interesting development was they get to see their recent transfer, Devin Cooley, who's also a recent UCLA commit. He's a transfer from Buena Park, an outstanding receiver who I, I really was high on at Buena Park. I saw him at the Nike Regional um, opening camp at uh, in Torrance at El Camino College uh, earlier in the spring, and he was one of the better receivers for sure. 
and I like just the way he uh, he plays. I mean, he is a competitive guy, uh, very upbeat about the uh, stiff competition that I saw him at uh, El Camino, and he was rising to it. Um, he's one of those guys that seemed to really be out there having fun and competing and making sure of some of his plays. He joins the Jace, uh, the uh, St. John Bosco uh, field of receivers. Um, what were your impressions on him and, and maybe just Bosco in general? Uh, Cooley, it's interesting um, because he's an athlete, and I know he he wants to be you know wants to be receiver first, but I think he could also be playing safety or, or uh, you know you know strong safety or free safety and maybe that might be the, you know might be where he ends up in the long run um, I, I mean I saw him he didn't do too much in the modern day uh, Bosco game um, I think he had a, there was a couple of balls where, where that were thrown his way he didn't get to or or you know they just didn't throw his way um, but um, but he, he will definitely be an asset for them um, you know, however they use, you know, however they decide to use, you know, Bosco. The thing with Bosco is, is that, you know, they're not a passing league team. They're not, a, their strength isn't passing league, even though they do well with, with right. their athletes. They're going to be, they're going to set up their offense by running, then passing, you know, and they're going to have them, you know, the, the triple threat option with um, Real Mitchell, uh, Demetrius Flowers, and um, their junior running back or the newcomer George Halani um, and so that's what's going to you know they're going to dominate people you know as long as they get their line play in, in order you know it's going to be a lot of the same thing as they did last year spring it then boom hit you with the pass and um, you know they have Josh Delgado and they have Colby Smith and Jude Wolf you know tied in and those guys are going to be um, you know they've done very well in, in, during during the summer passing league but um, have you know, Bosco will, will be right there. It's just going to be a you know, you know, a balanced attack with them. So, yeah. All right, Scotty. Well, um, so those are some observations uh, again uh, from the battle at the Beach Passing League, uh, passing seven on seven tournament on July seventh at Edison. So let's move on here on the Trinity League podcast, and we thank everyone for joining us. We're going to take now a, a, a team-by-team glance, uh, kind of check in an, an inventory, if you will, of the off-seasons of each team in the Trinity League, uh, how they've done, what are the new developments that, as, that you know, fans need to, um, might be interested in as the season uh, rolls around. All these teams are going to open up on August uh, 25th. So, Sky, let's start to, uh, we'll start off right now with the, uh, the uh, St. John Bosco Braves, uh, defending Division One champs, who recently, as we do this today, uh, on July uh, 17th, 2017, Bosco Braves came out. Did you see that they where they came out uh, in a preseason poll that came out today by High School Football America? Yes, Jeff Fisher's, uh, yeah, they, he, he tapped Bosco uh, as number one. Um, interesting, that's because that's pretty much the first poll that has come out, and a lot of people have... We're saying that you know modern day was probably going to be that you know you know in that one spot, but uh, he he chose to go with Bosco and at one and and realistically they're interchangeable. Um, so I mean and, and, and nobody from what I understand like nobody has really had any gripe with it and, and, and you know but when you're number one you know there's nowhere to go but down so <laughs> you know we'll see what happens with that. Well, what do you think's 
been the, some of the key off-season developments for St. John Bosco? I know from an Orange County perspective, they have landed a couple key transfers from Orange County in Cole Aubrey uh, from you know in, within the Trinity League, who was an outstanding um, junior uh, junior to be defensive uh, end. Uh, Cole Aubrey from J. Sarah had ten. Um, team leading 10 sacks for Jay Sayre was an emerging star player there at Jay Sayre. I think that's a significant addition to the St. John Bosco defense. And of course, we mentioned uh, Devin Cooley, uh, UCLA commit at wide receiver from Buena Park. You know, uh, and then of course, you know, that quarterback we mentioned, Real Mitchell, is a Iowa State commit now. Um, made it to the Elite 11 finals in the offseason, so he's out in outstanding finals. We know how fast he's a, one of the top dual threat quarterbacks in the country. Like you said, he's going to be part of a big time ground game. A lot of their guys have getting great recruiting interest. Um, so they've had some transfers, and a lot of their guys are getting recruited. They got to the finals of the Battle of the Beach, lost that tight game to Modern Day. But what's your observations on the off season of the Braves? Yeah, Bosco fared, you know. Pretty well uh, during this off season, um, you know, even in the summer tournaments, you know, they, if you talk to them, they probably didn't fare as well as they thought they wanted. But um, again, passing league isn't they're going to be their strong point. Um, you know, they're going to rely on that run then pass. Um, you know, they did get some transfers, and in in the word is 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 they've gotten up to thirteen to fifteen transfers. Um, but I can only, uh, you know, I can only. Um, confirmed seven or six at this at the time one being Raylan Goldforth the linebacker from Warren High School Cole Swain an offensive lineman from Riverside King Jordan Jordan all a linebacker from Jay Sarah who came over with Cole Aubrey right had mentioned him then Devon Cooley the receiver from Winter Park they also picked up Vito uh, Legaleo from Modern Day a deep defensive lineman um so you know, those are the ones that are that that I that can confirm. But they've I've been also word that they've also gotten picked up some other offensive defensive linemen, and that's actually where Bosco was kind of, if you want to say, um, where they needed to shore up. They didn't, you know, obviously what they had last year and and um, the offense and the defensive line. That's a big loss having to fill those those guys' shoes. So if they, you know, if they come in and they get the O line and the D line they need. You know they'll be right back where they're at. You know, um, and and you know during this, uh, you know during during the off season, you know Bosco had their showcase. Um, I don't know if you're aware or not that they put on where the colleges come and watch the kids. And Boston College came and offered every kid that was a sophomore and junior, pretty much you know that had, that had played or or had started or as a part-time starter. Um, a scholarship, and it ended up being like 19 scholarships or whatever from Boston College, which was, you know, kind of interesting. Um, but that just gives you the, you know, the draw and attraction that that, that Bosco has. So wow, that's amazing. Uh, you know, Boston College is actually recruiting a lot in Orange County these days. They right, uh, obviously they, they they signed Matt McDonald, uh, the quarterback from Mission Viejo, and you know, speaking of the Trinity League, they uh, they offered uh, Halinski, the quarterback at Orange Lutheran, already as well. Yeah, I think the, the recruiting coordinator, or the head guy, I think his name is Brian White, or he, he used to be at Cal, and um, and so he's a he's a West Coast guy, and so I think that's why he wants to make a splash, and he knows where the talent is, and so I think you know even if it's for these you know and if it helps jump starts, you know these guys recruiting then then great, um, and, you know in this day and age it's like you know 
transfers, um, including some from the uh, Trinity League. Uh, Mace Funa is from Santa Margarita. He's a, I think he's going to be more of an outside linebacker, but could play some defensive end, uh, maybe find himself on some offense, but he's a very good athlete. Uh, I believe he's going to be a junior, so Mace Funa's at modern day. Uh, there's another uh, defensive tackle that's kind of under the radar um, that I've been hearing about, and I know you've heard about, um, Samuel uh, Tulihalamaka is from uh, Martin Luther King out in Riverside. His defensive tackle to watch. And, then, of course, we mentioned Solomon, um, the outstanding linebacker who's going to be a senior. So those have been key additions. There are some health concerns. I, I think that you have to definitely, um, just by following the headlines and what we heard at the Edison passing tournament, you know, how's JT doing? He rested his arm, sore arm. Um, at the Edison tournament, didn't play. Coach Rollinson said he's not worried about it and that if it was a regular season game, JT would be, as he said, firing it. Um, and, of course, we talked to JT, who also um, did not sound um, concerned, just uh, being smart, um, thinking about the, the, the big season coming ahead for this record-setting quarterback. And he was still calling plays, uh, still as positive as always, um, as competitive as always, but just seemed like he was trying to be smart not feeling great, why push it? Um, got a big season coming up, and obviously you can see that. And then as far as the college commits, um, one of their outstanding receivers, uh, Nico Regimio, has committed to Cal. You know, he's part of that great group. It includes the emerging C.J. Parks, and, and we mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown, Brew McCoy in that mix as well. What's your uh, key takeaways from the offseason so far for the Monarchs? For the Monarchs, you know, Dan, they, they uh, yes, they did rest. They've been resting some, some guys, um, you know, with, with JT out and Amon Ra out towards the end of the, you know, uh, towards the later <clears throat> end of the uh, summer. So they never, they actually never had their whole squad, um, at least skill-wise, in uh, these tournaments. And um, they won three out of four passing tournaments um, this year. And so they, they, they won the... They, um, the best of the West. Um, it was primarily like an all-star, uh, all-star tournament. But modern day, you know, put their their whole team in, um, and they actually, you know, ended up being like the 11th seed, and they beat like the one, the seed, the two seed, the three seed to win that tourney, and and that was a, a sight, and it was it was real fun to watch, you know, them go against that, plus all the other talent that was there. Um, it was it was pretty incredible. Uh, just a fun day. Um, you know they won. They went on and won the Los Al tournament, which was which is the first you know um, all high school team tournament. Um, they beat uh, Upland to win that one, um, and then you know the Thousand Oaks tournament they fell short um, in that one. But again, they didn't have all. They had they, that game that tournament. They didn't have any receiver, so they didn't have any other big four. And, they, and it, that okay. actually you could you know it hurt 
with them, and uh, obviously they didn't win that one. And then, you know, then the Edison tournament. So, um, and then as far as, you know, the off-season additions, yes, they picked up Solo, um, and they picked up Mace, and Samuel Tulohalimakas from uh, the nose guard from Riverside King. And according to Greg Biggins, he's he's rated amongst the top 10 um, nose guards on the West Coast. Um, you know, he only has, a, I think, a couple offers, um, but he's really under the radar. So, but, you know, they expect him to, you know, take off. So that's going to be a big bolster in, the, in their defense. They also picked up Kenyon Ware Hudson um, from Vista Marietta, done their defensive line, a junior defensive line. Um, but he's actually out. He actually tore his ACL in February. Um, so he actually transferred. He's, he has an incoming um freshman brother that will play for well the modern day freshman team so he decided to make the move now and why his brother's going to be an incoming freshman and so he's just you know set the season out in rehab so they don't have him you know until next year um but that's also gonna that's a huge because he's a he's a top you know he's a top he's a uh, 2019 uh recruit but he's like a top he's a four-star uh defensive lineman so um and that's you know that's pretty much those are their, their, their four guys they're four high profile guys if you will you know um, whereas uh, you know everybody was complaining about you know the transfers and and how you know how we had talked about this is this is the way it is in this day and age and yeah they got four guys whereas everybody else has gotten multiple you know more than four so um, but those are the those are the guys they have and um, you know they have to you know rebuild you know the defense and you know the pieces are there. And, you know, the offense is there. Um, they just, you know, they just want to keep everybody um, healthy and everybody, you know, everything was perfect precaution. Um, and, um, you know, they want to get ready for those games because coming, I think, come August and September, you're you're right there. You know, you got you got the, you know, Bishop Mont to start off with and you got Gorman and then, you know, you got the Bergen Catholic. So, and we'll talk more about all those games later on down the road. Right. Um, pretty much, you know, the Monarchs just, I think, towards the end of the summer, they just wanted to rest, sure. get healthy, and um, look forward to the season. All right. So let's talk about Servite. They were 4-7 and seven last year overall, and they were uh, in league. They were 1-4. and four. Now, the uh, Friars have kind of got some new stuff going on. They have a uh, one key transfer uh, who is also within the Trinity League, uh, who looked good at the Battle of the Beach uh, tournament to me, and that was Titus Toller at uh, at cornerback. He was at J. Sarah, and of course I believe he started at Modern Day, but he's been a um, a well-known uh, player to watch. I think he's going to be a junior, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then, uh, so he's a new guy that comes into MISC. They also lost some guys, which we'll talk about when we get to Orange Lutheran. So you guys can, everyone can probably figure out how that one goes. But like we said, they had a good tournament at uh, at Edison. They were, that was a new experience for them. They're working out uh, two different uh, quarterbacks right now. Uh, both a couple uh, kids that are going to be, a, actually one's going to be a senior in McMahon, who's the, uh, who's the brother of the McMahon that played at Modern Day who's now a uh, rising baseball player, and then they have a junior kid. But the, uh, another big change is they have a new offensive coordinator at, uh, at Servite who is from um, Centennial Corona, uh, Coach Bass, and he is uh, running the, the, the hurry-up, no-huddle spread offense of what the Huskies have run so well. So he's familiar with that. He's also his brother 
is also the strength and conditioning coach now at Servite. So the Bass Brothers are having an impact at um, at Servite. And uh, like you said, they have a lot of skill uh, that was on display at the Edison Tournament. I thought the best receiver I saw, and it was a, certainly a tough decision, but I really liked uh, DeLon Hurt, uh, senior B receiver at Servite. Um, he just edged out probably C.J. Parks. You can go either way. Uh, from modern day, CJ was right there. But I noticed that CJ, I think he did get some cramps or something, or he they, they held him out a little bit at the end, and he wasn't playing a lot in the end, but he looked fabulous, uh, maybe in pool play. But I, I like DeLon Hurt a lot. Um, I'm, I'm high on uh, Julius Irving, uh, who's a safety, got a lot of offers, uh, son of uh, former Rams All-Pro uh, Leroy Irving. And Julius is playing both ways. Um, he, he looked very good. Um, and uh, Trent McDuffie is another kid, you know, another skilled player who looks good at uh, cornerback. And from what I could tell, he was the guy, uh, Trent McDuffie, who's a long jump champ at uh, Servite. He was the guy that I, I felt like people weren't uh, going after him um, in his games. Whenever I was on his side, there were not a lot of balls being thrown to him. And I thought I, that's what I noticed in the modern day game, that there weren't a lot of things thrown his way. Sometimes that's a lot of respect, but maybe you can uh, shed some light on that. Um, the, the quarterback uh, was T.J. McMahon is one of the guys that they're looking at. But what's your uh, thoughts on the offseason of the Friars, uh, Scotty? Yeah, Servite had actually been pretty much kind of under the radar. They, they, didn't, they didn't partake in a lot of tournaments. Um, they, were in more, they were in the news more for losing guys than yeah. anything else. Um, you know, with the new, and then they get the new, you know, coaching staff, um, you know, the offensive coordinator, um, and again, you know, running it with with with, with TJ. Um, as far as what I, you know, saw at at the um, passing tournament, um, you know, it was surprising to see Edison, you know, mean to see, excuse me, to see Servite move the ball as they did, and um, yeah, teams did did not test Trent very much and that's a testament I think to him he's I knew he would be a good strong corner and that's that's what he's his position is, is probably going to be um and um obviously you know I teams didn't didn't want to you know I didn't see all their games but the ones that I did see like you had said that they didn't they didn't test his way um it's going to be interesting how much offense these guys play how much do right. you know because they lost their their offensive skill guys so how much you know i think delon hurts pretty much in the end the winfield are the only two guys that that are going to be you know one-way guys but um you sprinkle in you know some of mcduffie and you said irving um you know that'll be pretty good but um you know if if survey can can you know like you said the um survey's going to be run trying to run that no huddle centennial you know style offense which is a beast in itself because you have to have the personnel, I think, in order to run that. And then we'll survey. It'll be interesting because I don't know if they're going to have the, the linemen to do it. Um, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see um, how that goes. But then they don't have then their one weakness probably, you know, we'll get more into this down the road. But, like, um, their, you know, running game, their running back, I mean, they're not, they don't have, they have a big back in William Dean, but he's not that prototype back want to have running out of that spread offense so it'll be interesting to see what you know you know what what uh Servite has but obviously yes now they've kind of opened some eyes because of what they've done you know towards this tail end of the week and they also played um in this at um, a Torrance tournament over the weekend 
a Redondo Union tournament, right. and it was a, it was a, it wasn't really a tournament. They the way they set it up is they play five games, and you play five games in your pool, and that's it. They don't advance on or anything like that. It's just more. I, I don't know exactly the reasoning for it. It's almost like a, a you know midweek three way, but they choose to do it on a you know five you know five teams in your pool. But Server so went five and zero, oh, I think, and they're in, you know in the teams they play. The granted again, there wasn't the highest caliber, but still you know they they you know did did well in that one as well. So um, you know whether it's going to be Caden Bell or it's going to be McMahon, right. I mean it'll be interesting. Um, you know McMahon's a gamer. You know he's that he fits more. I think the, that mold of, out of you know the that offense because he's he's played receiver a little bit last year. So I think he fits that running style. Um, so that'll be interesting to, to see if if he ends up being the guy for for survive. So 